Matthew 16, let's stand together for the reading of God's word. We'll look at just this one verse right now. Matthew 16, verse 24. Let's say it uh, with a lot of energy this morning. Let's say it all together out loud. Verse 24. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let's pray. Lord, I do pray that you bless the reading of your word today. I ask that you'd help us to learn to be uh, more than just a believer, but also a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Lord, I do ask that you would bless uh, all that we're doing uh, here in this, uh, this church, Lord, that uh, we would do it for the right motivation. God, that you would be glorified, Lord. And as we worship you here in this time of preaching, I pray that you'd help us again to submit ourselves to your word. And uh, Lord, let the Holy Spirit speak to us. I pray that we would not uh, put any hindrance on you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Uh, When you see a cross around someone's neck, many times, unfortunately, it's just a decoration. Uh, Unfortunately, people don't understand uh, truly uh, who Jesus Christ is, or they don't Wear that cross to mean that uh, their heart truly belongs to Jesus. Because there's a lot of people who uh, wear all of the Christian paraphernalia that are not really following Jesus Christ. And uh, in this society, it, is, it has been uh, more of a, uh, not a, just a fashion statement, but a, a, uh, uh, almost like a, uh, a way to get ahead. Uh, and being a Christian has always been a, a convenient thing for Americans, uh, because if you weren't a Christian, well, then uh, then there was maybe something wrong with you. But now, in this culture that we're living in right now, uh, it is actually becoming less and less popular to call yourself a Christian. And um, <clears throat> uh, contemporary Americans increasingly see religion as uh, just a fashion statement or a hobby rather than a deep personal commitment to Jesus Christ. But that's not what God called us to do. He didn't call us to just uh, tack Jesus on to our life. He didn't call us to, uh, to just follow uh, blindly and follow uh, occasionally, but He called us to truly live our lives as a life that is committed personally and deeply to our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, we didn't take Jesus just as our Savior, my friend. We should have taken him as our Lord as well. Uh, When we got saved, we maybe maybe didn't realize all of the ramifications of salvation. But we shouldn't have just said, Jesus, save me from my sin and let me live how I want. Uh, That's not true salvation, I don't believe. I I think that's insincere because that's not repentance. And uh, again, we're talking about repentance now. I've kind of opened the can of worms this morning. But since that is a misunderstood concept, what is repentance? Repentance is turning from sin and turning to Jesus. True uh, repentance as a Christian uh, for salvation is turning from my sin, turning my back on that, and and, uh, and, and the way I was thinking, my mind, how, my mindset, my philosophy was wrong. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying that was wrong. I'm going to embrace 100% Jesus Christ. And that's what, uh, partly what repentance is. There's more that could be said about that. But uh, some people equate then repentance. If I'm turning my back on my sin, well, then that's works. Well, it's a, it's a spirit. It's an attitude of repentance that leads to a life 
change. Okay, uh, we can't do anything without Jesus Christ's power. Amen. And so to say I'm working my way into heaven, well, that's false. Uh, but to repent, truly repent, is not coming to Jesus and saying, well, save me from my sin and let me live however I want. It's saying, I embrace you, Jesus, all that you are, and I turn my back on all that I thought was right. And I'm going to embrace the word of God, and I'm going to embrace your ways. The gospel message uh, is, should not be one that's received only when it's convenient. Uh, we should receive Jesus Christ. Uh, well, afterwards, say we should continue following Jesus even when things get difficult. There definitely is a honeymoon period after you're saved. Uh, maybe it's a week or maybe it's a year or two years. And there's a time where it's, well, everything is great. I'm just loving this new life that I have in Christ. Praise God for it. But then the Bible tells us that the devil will come along. Uh, just like uh, uh, when that seed was planted in the soil, uh, it sprang up and then cometh the devil, right? He comes out to, uh, he tries to get the seed before it germinates. But, uh, you know, the devil will uh, attack you even after you're saved. You might be saying, well, if I'm not the child of the devil, why does he just leave me alone? Because the devil hates Jesus. And if you're one of God's children, uh, he's going to bother you even after you're saved. And, and, and there's going to come a time where, where you're going to uh, not find it so easy to live for God. And you're going to need to make, continue making that choice to follow Jesus. Not just believe in him out of convenience. Not, not just wear the cross around your neck when, when uh, those that are, uh, are, are, are okay with God and okay with Jesus and you're with those kinds of friends and then, and then ditch the cross whenever you're around people that are a little bit hostile, hostile to Jesus. Amen? And so uh, faith is in Jesus is more than just calling yourself a Christian. Faith in Jesus is believing in him enough to follow him even to the death, my friend. And so, uh, first of all, we see here in verse 24, Jesus tells his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him what? First, say it with me, the two words there, deny himself. Deny himself. Unfortunately, what many so-called Christians, and unfortunately that word has become a, a, a pejorative, uh, Christian for some people is uh, offensive, not because it's naming the name of Christ, but because of the association uh, with people that call themselves Christians who really aren't Christians and really aren't followers of Jesus. And so for some people, I, I remember just standing right outside this building of about two years ago and talking to a friend of mine who is a born-again Christian. And I'm, I just said the word Christian. I said Christian. He's like, I don't like that word. And I knew what he meant. He did, you know, I knew what he meant. Uh, and, and because that word has become associated with fake and pseudo-Christianity or pseudo-disciple, pseudo, pseudo uh, somebody that is a false disciple of Christ, uh, living for God only when it's convenient or calling yourself uh, a follower of God only when it's convenient. But first of all, Jesus says, let him deny himself. That means to surrender to God his will, his affections, his body, his life, his, uh, his soul. It's not about seeking out our own happiness, but uh, willing to renounce all and lay all on the altar and lay all aside uh, for the cause of Christ and for him because I want to follow Jesus. And he says, if you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to follow me, he said, you need to first deny yourself. How can we follow Jesus if we're not denying ourselves? 
I mean, it's simple math, my friend. Two plus two is still four. I don't know about all of this uh, common core math and all of this other stuff going on out out there where we uh, jump through 18 different hoops to hopefully come to the same conclusion, but it's very simple. Two plus two is four. If you're going to follow Jesus, you have to deny yourself. See, a lot of people follow him in name only, in word only, but we need to do it in word and deed, in action. Not in just philosophy, not in just thought, but in action, in life, uh, long term. You know, one of, the, one of the greatest accomplishments is longevity, consistency. Not just doing something good for a day, but doing that over and over and over and, and following Jesus. You might say, well, I fail sometimes. Yes, we all fail, but Jesus never fails, so we need to just keep going back to him. The second thing we see there is he says... Let him deny himself, but also take up his cross. Take up his cross. When somebody was condemned back in these days, the Romans would, uh, would make that person carry the cross. It was part of their sentence. They would carry their own cross to their execution. And uh, to carry that cross was burdensome. It was hard to carry it. It was disgraceful. And the Romans were not about making this some kind of cruel and uh, a a, a convenient and easy death. It was about cruel and unusual punishment, right? Uh, It was not about, oh, well, we need to sanitize everything before we kill him. Uh, No. I I understand. I'm I'm not all about cruelty to anyone. And, and actually, and, and I'm not trying to get into some hot-button issue, and I wasn't planning on saying this, but I am for capital punishment if it's done correctly. Amen. It's not done correctly today, my friend. It takes 15 years to, uh, you know, all of the appeals and everything and, and so on. And, and I'm not for, I, I want to make sure that we are just in how we deal with things, but the Bible says a life for a life. And how are we going to deter somebody from taking lives if we, uh, we just slap them on the wrist and let them go to kill someone else? But the Romans felt very serious about uh, this punishment, and uh, they wanted to make it as disgraceful and as tormentuous and as difficult as possible. So to carry the cross is a figurative expression, but it means that uh, what Jesus is saying here is that we must endure whatever is difficult. When we follow Jesus, we have to carry our cross. Okay, We're going to have to carry some burdens and, 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 and be disgraced at times. And it, it really just means simply doing our duty. And, um, you know, let the world think how they want about us. Unfortunately, what many Christians are concerned about is the world's thoughts and what their friends think rather than what Jesus has called us to do and what Jesus thinks. And uh, we're, we're too worried about what man thinks. Now, by the way, I want to say this too. Carrying the cross doesn't mean that we cause ourselves problem on purpose, that we try to get ourselves thrown into jail for the cause of Christ. I'm going to do whatever I can to avoid that (laughs) and still follow Jesus and be be a faithful follower of him. I'm not going to do something stupid just so I can call myself a martyr. There's there's plenty, you might be thinking, who in the world would do that? There's plenty of people out there that do those kinds of things. 
They're sensationalizing uh, thing, especially in the world of, uh, of, 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 of YouTube and everything like that. People get on there and, and uh, they try to make themselves out to be this martyr for Christ. Well, they're just trying to get themselves views so they can make money off of YouTube and, and so on, or whatever is driving them to do that. But um, it doesn't mean that we make trouble for ourselves just so we can uh, merely just be opposed by people. Hey, if you follow Christ, you're going to be opposed. You're not going to have to work hard at that. You're going to be opposed. Uh, and, and, and following Christ and carrying a cross is doing uh, just what is required of us in the Scriptures. But let it produce whatever shame or disgrace that it will uh, and pain that it will. But this is what every follower of Jesus Christ should be doing. We should be carrying our cross. Uh, denying ourselves, denying what is convenient, denying what is 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 uh, pleasurable or fun or uh, is the easiest thing to do. Uh, when it comes down to it, we're going to have to make a choice: Are we going to follow Jesus? Are we going to uh, deny ourselves, or are we going to deny Jesus? That's the question. Uh, and, and then carrying the cross, carrying the burdens. Uh, many followed Christ. Uh, get this: Many followed Jesus. You read the New Testament, the Gospels, they were following Jesus until the cross. As far as I know, there was only one disciple at the cross. One apostle there. You know, Mary, his mother was there. Some others. But where were the thousands, the thousands that Jesus had fed? He had taught, he had preached to. And by the way, we know of 12 disciples. There were three in the inner circle. And, and I would even propose to you there was one that was really near and dear to Jesus. That was John. But then there was three, Peter, James, and John. And then there was 12 that were with him every uh, waking hour and would even spend uh, the night with him. They would live with him. They were with him all the time. And then there were hundreds of others that were Jesus' disciples as well that would follow him. Where were they? When it came to the cross, they fled and forsook him. But which is, what is awesome is that if you keep reading the Bible, you keep reading the New Testament, we know that ultimately those disciples, they gave their life for Christ. What made the difference? Well, what made the difference is they got their understanding corrected as to who Jesus really was. Isn't it interesting? They lived with him for years when they didn't really know who it was that was living with them and who they were living with, who they were learning from. Jesus was the Son of God. He did miracles. He proved himself. But it wasn't until after he rose from the grave that they got their eyes opened, I believe, to who Jesus really was. And then... God did a work through, we know of Peter, think about him, in one day, the day of Pentecost, we call it, right? He got up and preached there, I believe that's, uh, the, the church started with Christ and his apostles, but uh, it, was, it was an embryonic form until the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit's power came upon the Christians, and uh, Peter stood up and preached with power, and 3,000 souls were saved, baptized, added to the church, and, and we see just the, the up, outpouring of God's power on that day. But who did he use? He used the man that forsook him and fled, that denied him three times, went back to his regular job of fishing for fish when he had been called to fish for men. But Jesus 
gave them a second chance. Praise God for that. But what changed? Something changed. They got the faith that they needed. They finally understood who Jesus was. And they believed in him enough to follow him even to their own premature deaths. About Peter uh, said that he was crucified and he didn't think himself worthy to be crucified uh, like Jesus was, but he was crucified upside down. And they didn't, denied themselves and their own ambition, ambitions finally. And they did that for a time, you know. They left their fishing nets and then they followed Jesus. They did it for a time. But then when something came in their life, like many of us, when we get saved, we have that, that period where everything is great and we love the Lord and we're going to church and we love being with other Christians. But then something comes along and, and gets us kind of off track. Well, I guess that could have been the cross for the disciples. They got off track. But then God came and did a work in their life and they believed him enough to follow him and they denied themselves. They finally denied their own ambitions. See, I don't know if they really ever truly left the fishing nets that first time. It was kind of like a, a fad. And do we follow him for a while? They didn't know who he really was, but then uh, they, who they thought he was was going to be a a, a deliverer, a physical deliverer was going to set up his kingdom. They thought as the, the Messiah was there to get them out of the situation that they were in uh, with uh, Israel being occupied or that region uh, where the Jews lived uh, was occupied by the Romans. They thought, well, this guy's going to take care of that problem. But when he was crucified, well, obviously he's not able to deliver us from the Romans. Remember what Jesus said to Pilate? And are you the king of the Jews? He said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's a spiritual thing that Jesus came to do. And he did it while they were <laughs> unaware of what was going on. Yes, they loved him. They loved Jesus, the physical Jesus that they saw. But he came more uh, to do more than just uh, heal people and raise people from the dead. And, and uh, his purpose was not to deliver them from the Romans. And that, but they did love him, and that's why they came to the garden tomb to, uh, to, uh, to embalm him. And he was taken off the cross and, and uh, taken care of probably better than the other two, the, the other two that were crucified, I imagine. And uh, people loved this man. But you think about it, after he rose from the grave, now... He did all of that. He did what he came to do without them even realizing who he was. But he saved us all from our sin. He came to die on the cross, to rise from the grave, to give us the opportunity to receive salvation. And if you would just uh, receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and, and, and turn your back on your sin and say, I, I, I don't want to go that way anymore. That is the way of death and destruction. <laughs> but I want Jesus. I want to be saved and forgiven of my sins. And the Bible says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved because he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. There's no other way to, to heaven. There's no other way to God. Uh, the Father, as the Bible says, Jesus said in John 14, then uh, through Jesus Christ, he is the only way to be saved. And, uh, and that's not just the Christian way. That's not just good for Christians. Well, that's what Christians believe. No, my friend, that's true for all people. Uh, Jesus died for all people. And, and, and there's no other way. <laughs> there's no other way to God than through Jesus Christ. Uh, there's not a Muslim way to heaven. You might be saying, that's not very nice. You're not very inclusive and accepting. Well, you know, I'm sorry, but I just have to tell you the truth. I can't lie to you and, and just make you feel good about yourself. 
There's no Buddhist way to heaven. There's no other way except through Jesus Christ. And I will say it's not just the Baptist way. This is everyone's way, okay? This is the Bible way. This is God's plan. And so they denied themselves. Matthew 20, verse 26 through 28, Jesus said, But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give, himself, uh, give his life a ransom for many. I want to follow Jesus, but I have some things I want to do first. Well, I'm sorry, but uh, you need to become more than just a believer. You're just a believer at that point. You, you believe in Jesus, but you're not really a Christian. You're not a follower. Uh, well, I, I want to follow Jesus, but it's hard to keep myself holy. When has it ever been? When has it ever been about doing things uh, in your own strength as a Christian? When, have, when, when did you save yourself? Who has ever saved themselves from their sin? And it's only Jesus that can save us. So, hey, just because uh, you slip up and you sin doesn't mean you're going to hell because Jesus died for your sin so that he could make you a new creation, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. And, and you're a new person. You're not, uh, you, you still have a flesh, which you should deny the flesh and you should sow to the Spirit. I understand that, and that's the command in the Bible. But that has nothing to do with whether you're going to heaven or hell. You might be saying, I, I, I want to follow him, but I can't do right. Well, you need to ask God for help. Just like when you got saved, you asked him to do something you couldn't do yourself. After you're saved, you still can't do right. You need God's help. You need God's power. So I gave us the Holy Spirit. You might say, I want to follow Jesus, but I'm afraid of what, what it might cost me. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad you're counting the cost. Because it is a, a high price to pay. So many Christians try to straddle the fence of pleasing self and pleasing Christ. And that's, to me, a harder way to live as a Christian. In the moment, it seems the easiest, but ultimately, it costs more. So they identified with Jesus no matter what it costs. You might be saying, I want to follow Jesus, but I'm afraid of what could happen. Well, we definitely need to consider that in this day and age. And I'm not, I don't want to get everyone whipped up into a lather and say, we're all going to follow Jesus. I think it is important that we consider what it really costs. Think about it. Jesus, you think about uh, how, how, how he, in a sense, he, he, he told them everything. He said, if you follow me, you're going to be persecuted. <laughs> you're gonna, it's going to be rough. It's going to be bad. He didn't, he didn't candy coat, he didn't sugar coat it in, you know, in any way. He told him the truth. You know, I, say, I, I know it's going to cost something. Uh, it, it, what, there's things that could happen. Negative, bad things could happen. You might say, I want to follow Jesus, but someone might laugh at me. Well, they're going to laugh at you. How, how in the world do you think that they could laugh at Jesus but not laugh at you? How do you think that they could, uh, they could persecute and, 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 and physically assault Christ? That might come down to it for some of us here in America. It's happening around the world right now. People are giving their lives, their very lives for Jesus. But that, that's not a, above the realm of possibility. So it's good to uh, count the cost. There's no real shame in following Jesus, but people will try to shame you. Again, doesn't matter what the world thinks. Does it really matter what they think? I understand in the moment it does, 
But in the end, it doesn't matter what they think. Matthew 5, verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall... He says, blessed are ye? Blessed, happy are you? And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. See, people will shame you, but it doesn't mean it's true. They're going to say things against you falsely. But he says, rejoice, verse 12, and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Uh, Many times we think we're all alone. And and, and that's a lie of the devil. We do at times think we're all alone. We're the only one that's going through difficulty. But take heart. God set up the church. Jesus established the church, I believe, to edify the body from which to uh, go and minister to one another in the world, to preach the gospel to every creature. But I also believe the church, one of the reasons we have the church is for camaraderie. We can come together and it's not about commiserating and being negative in the sense that we're just going to come and, and, uh, and share our woes with one another, but so that we can take heart with one another. We can, we can uh, edify and encourage in that way and say, brother, you're not the only one. Let's keep going. Let's keep, uh, let's, let's keep on keeping on for the cause of Christ. Matthew ten twenty eight. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Well, there's a lot out there that can kill the body. I'm so thankful they can't kill my soul. Jesus Christ, uh, he, he has not forsaken us. And uh, the Bible says, He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me, Jesus said, is not worthy of me. You might say, I'd follow Jesus, but what about them? What about all those people that are going to uh, try to make my life difficult? Uh, there was a man followed by a rough-looking dog one day. And uh, he got into a car in Edinburgh, and the dog followed the car in the face of many obstacles. Soon after, another dog came up, bent on a quarrel, and afterward, another dog, more determined. Then a third and a fourth, they came up and tried to mess with this man's dog. But he took no notice. The dog continued to follow his master, only following and looking up. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to come and try to pester you. Kind of like that dog. He was bothered by all these other people, or other dogs, I should say. And uh, these other dogs were trying to get him off track. But he focused on his mission, that was to follow his master. And, and there's going to be a lot of dogs in our lives that are going to come and try to, uh, to mess with us and try to uh, get us focused on other things. And sometimes uh, that those dogs come in the form of uh, people that we know really well, including our own flesh. <laughs> and uh, our own flesh is going to try to tear us down, uh, spiritually speaking, try to uh, get us off track. And, 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 and our mind will play tricks on us. We need to renew our mind through the Word of God. It's not about our philosophies and what we hear and what sounds good and our, uh, what we were taught growing up. Oh, we've got all kinds of thinking that is incorrect that needs to be uh, corrected by the Word of God. And those little dogs come up and, and, and try to get us uh, from following Jesus. There's, there, there's going to be people that um, will come and uh, maybe at your workplace. Maybe it's your boss. And he's going he's gonna, to you know, try to get you to work so that you can't go to church. There's probably bosses out there that do that on purpose. 
try to schedule you for everything and anything. You might be saying, boss, I told you from the day I started that I'm not going to work on Sunday. I'm not going to work uh, during prayer meeting. Because truth be told, although there's those dogs that come and tell us that church is not that important, you can go to church on YouTube. Your church has live streams, so you don't even have to show up half the time. Just show your face once a month and they won't forget about you. But there's going to be all kinds of, uh, of, of, of even bosses that will, and, and even co-workers, but bosses that will try to schedule you and try to move things around, make your life difficult. And, and sometimes it's not, uh, it's not on purpose, but they're just being used to the devil and not even knowing it. But you got to just stand true to what uh, you know is right. You need to stand firm on your convictions and say, no, when I started this job, you said I was not going to have to work on a Sunday. Well, it's just once in a while you hold to, the, you hold to your conviction. Many times we, we want to cave in because we understand that hard, jobs are hard to come by and, 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 and we, we like this job or whatever it is. You stand, stand strong and, 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 and don't be distracted by the little dogs that come along. Our emotions, our mind, our flesh, all of those things are going to try to get us from following Jesus Christ. But you just stay focused on the Lord. As the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 12, looking, looking, on purpose. That word has the understanding of, I'm going to look with, with such a purpose and such a focus that I'm on purpose not looking at anything else. See, that word looking in the English, it kind of loses that we don't we just say looking looking unto jesus i'm going to look at him and uh, i might be distracted but i'm, I'm going to look at it no we are focused solely on our master looking unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith the bible says that who for the joy that was set before me he endured the cross despising the shame he went all the way for us why can't we just follow him why can't we just follow him? Take up our cross. Deny ourselves. Take up our cross. Uh, are you a believer or a disciple this morning? To believe is cheap. It costs nothing. There's all kinds of people that believe in things. I believe in this and I believe in that. But are you really following those things that you say you believe in? To believe is cheap and costs nothing. But to follow Christ is costly. And ask us first to consider the great cost. Count the cost. Uh, you know, The Bible gave us two examples. There was two sons that were commanded to go and work. Their father commanded them to work. The one said, oh, I'm going to go and do it. And right away, he quit. Then there's one that said, I'm not going to do it. But then he repented. And he came back and he did what he was told to do. Okay? Uh, it's going to cost something. And, 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 and I have more uh, respect, personally, I have more respect for somebody that maybe quit but then realized I, I, I shouldn't have done that and gets things right and goes back. Part, probably the reason they quit is they realized how costly it was going to be to do what it was, the important thing that they were asked to do. They had a good understanding, a grasp of, uh, of, of what it was, what entailed that 
what it was going to, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the money, whatever it was it was going to cost them, they understood, boy, I don't know if I want to do that. And then there's tons of people in this world, tons of people. By the, by the millions, there's people in this world that get all fired up one day. Oh, yes, I'm going to do that, whatever the task is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it done. What, maybe it's going to school, going to college. Uh, maybe it's uh, you know, uh, starting a family. Maybe it's getting married. Maybe it's raising children. Oh, yes, I'm going to do that. Uh, uh, that's, that's the honorable thing to do. And, of course, I will do that. And then a day or two or a week or a month or a year in, they quit. Well, I'm, fr- I'm, I'm sorry, friend, that's not the honorable thing to do because that person did not count the cost at the beginning when they should have. And, and, and I'm not saying just because you quit on the Lord and you might be backslidden this morning. I don't know your situation. Each and every one of us uh, pr- probably has, uh, you know, uh, something where we, some point in our life where we have quit. I'm not here to make you feel ashamed of that this morning. The fact that you're listening is, is an indication that you want to do something better. You want to improve, which is great. I always believe where there's life, there's hope. But when it comes to following Jesus Christ, you have to count the cost. Because if you just start and you fizzle out, then that is, that is not faithfulness. You're going to be ashamed at the coming of Christ, as the Bible says. You'll be ashamed. You won't want to see him come back. First of all, if you're a believer or a disciple, you need to count the cost. Second of all, I believe in Christ's work for me, but discipleship. Uh, is the result of his work in me. Thirdly, believers consider themselves first, but disciples consider Christ first. Belief produces no fruit, but a disciple is known by his fruit. Belief saves my soul, but discipleship glorifies Christ. See, belief is self-centered, where discipleship is Christ-glorified, Christ-centered. We're going to follow him and put him first. Number seven, believers go to heaven but disciples are greatly rewarded there. You understand that there's going to be tons of people in heaven that are there, as Paul writes, even as so by fire. <laughs> they're going to be there, but with nothing to show for it. Praise God they're there, and I, I'm so glad that uh, they're, they're going to be there. But I'm going to tell you right now that there will be some, uh, some shame, I believe. For, for a period there at the judgment seat of Christ, there's going to be a realization of, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Titus 2.11, the Bible says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That's going to require some cost on our part. That goes against our flesh. That dog of the flesh, the old dog nipping at our heels saying, hey, live for yourself. Do what feels good. He says, looking, Paul says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself. He gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity or sin. And purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. When you are a Christian, you're a believer, okay? Let's say that you're a believer. 
That's great. Glad you believed in Jesus Christ. You took care of your soul's greatest need. But as a disciple, that's when you become that peculiar person zealous of good works. You're really following after Jesus Christ. Again, the goal is not to be peculiar or weird, but to be different. To stand out and, to, and, and not for your glory. Of course, if you're doing it for your glory, you've got the whole wrong idea about this thing. The, the concept's all off. But if you're doing it for the glory of Christ, you will be a, a peculiar person. You're, you're, you're going to be a peculiarity. You're going to be different. People are going to say, wow, that, that person has something. And, and when they come to you and say, what do you have that's so great? You're going to say, well, it's not me. <laughs> it's nothing I have. It's Jesus in me. And you can have Jesus in you too. And, and, and so he says, looking unto Jesus, our focus needs to be on Christ. Looking for his blessed, that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior. So many Christians are distracted right now. You know, this week you probably got your stimulus. And uh, they had that stimulus go out, right? And uh, I've seen all of the memes. Oh, it's hilarious. Just the people, you know, they show up to, at the dollar. I saw this one. It said $1,400 direct deposit, you know. And it had a limousine in front of a dollar general. <laughs> and it said, I mean, going in. And, uh, you know, living it up, right? And uh, not trying to make light of the situation. But it is, it is a bit humorous, all of the, you know, people getting all this money all at one time. And we're so distracted by things in this world. Like, oh, I need to get this and I need to do that. Why don't we just simplify our life? Before you go out and blow the wad and fill your house up with things that you're not going to remember you bought and you won't have time to even enjoy those things, why don't we just simplify our life and just focus on Jesus Christ and do what he's called us to do and, 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 and just not clutter your life up so much because it's not going to matter in eternity anyways. Pay your bills. Pay off your debt. Do all of those things that are important. It's unfortunate people are not going to be paying. Some will not pay off their debt. They're just going to go blow their money. But pay off, pay, make things right. Take care of the necessities of life. But keep your life simple. And, and Jesus says it's so simple. Paul is saying just look, looking for that blessed hope. Look unto Jesus. Focus on what is supposed to, get your vision for what is important and that is following Jesus Christ. Not following after my flesh. Not getting distracted by the flesh dog or the boss dog or the people's opinion dog or the psychology dog or the entertainment dog or following after the uh, I just want to do what I want to do dog or uh, even your family <laughs> dog. Not really your family dog, but I'm just talking about your family, you know, the ones that, the dogs in your family, okay, that want to come and tell you what to do. And, and, and stop trying to simp, uh, please everyone, simplify your life and just please the one that matters. Amen. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of, the, for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. 
Whether or not it's popular to be a Christian, I'm still going to follow Jesus, and I hope that you will too. Because right now, it is becoming highly unpopular to be a Christian. (laughs) We're getting blamed for stuff right now. Oh, it's all those Christians that are causing all of this problem with the pandemic. If you haven't heard that yet, just wait a few weeks. You'll be hearing that. You will hear that. And what do we do? Well, I'm going I'm to stand up and be counted. They're not going to blame me for all of this. You're going to just stand for the truth. Just live for Jesus. Stop worrying about what people think about you. Yes, there's times to defend our rights as a, a citizen of this country. I'm not against that at all. I'm not against that at all. But like anything, what we do ultimately should be for the glory of God. And if it means that we just keep our mouths shut about our problems and about our injustices, because everyone is a victim, if you haven't heard, we're all victims, okay? We are all victims. So let's get over victimhood and let's just go on to live for Jesus. Get over that junk. You know, you'll get so caught up thinking about your problems and, oh, I'm just so miserable. This happened to me and that happened to me right now. I just finished my master's degree two weeks ago, and I'm taking a class because I want to expand my understanding of counseling and to help people more. So I'm taking a class in biblical counseling. Oh, my goodness. The first class, this is totally different. Everything I've ever studied in college was about the Bible. Now I've got to understand psychology and where all this gobbledygook comes from. There's no, it's no wonder people are so messed up. I was spared from all of that stuff growing up. But you probably went to public school or some of you went to college. Some of you studied psychology and things like that. And, and, and my college never offered that because they didn't think it was that important. But right now, we're looking at it from a biblical viewpoint and, 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 and just studying where all of this came from. And people are really messed up out there, aren't they? They're so confused right now. It's no wonder people don't know what gender they are. We're all, we're just victims It's all about us. Poor little old me. Well, poor little old you and poor little old I deserve to go to hell. We deserve to split wide open, hell wide open right now. But Jesus died on the cross for you. So get your eyes on on what's right and what's truth and what's important. Stop focusing on self. Focus on Christ. Put your eyes on Him. You're his disciple. He's not your disciple. <laughs> that's, a, that's the uh, movement right now, you know, the, the uh, prosperity movement. God is my servant. No, my friend, God is not your servant. You're his disciple. He's not your, as my dad used to say, and probably many other people, because I've heard it from him, God's not your heavenly bellboy. You ring him up and say, God, I need this. God, I need that. No, my friend, he is sovereign he is the king we're in his kingdom we're his subjects and so we're supposed to follow him how well are you following god today how well are 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 you really following jesus be honest are you and i'm not again it's not about guilt tripping anyone but reality let's have a reality check because that's where we should be living reality so many people are off in the fantasy world. What is reality? Are you following Jesus? Are you following God? 
Are you one of his servants today? First of all, you have to be a child of God to follow him. So you need to come by the way of the cross. Be saved from your sin. When I was a little boy, I had heard the gospel message many times. And I realized I was a sinner. And I deserved, I deserved hell. And I asked Jesus to save me, to forgive me. And when I did that, I was turning my back on self and the way I thought things were. And I was embracing fully Jesus Christ. And I was saying, I want God's way. I, I, I had no clue at that age of all the things that the world had to even offer, but I knew the world wasn't right. God's word was the truth. And so what are you going to do today? Are you going to reject God one more time? Are you going to receive forgiveness of your sins and find true peace and joy that you can't get in the world? The world's got all their fake imi- they got all their imitations, drugs and alcohol. That stuff doesn't last. It leaves you worse than you were before. For the time, it's fun, but in the end, it's, it, it leads to death, the Bible says. And so you need to be forgiven of your sins and find reconciliation with God. God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross to reconcile man to Himself. And He wants to, he wants to restore the relationship with you. But you can't, you can't come to God your own way. You have to come to God the way, only way that He said you can come. And that's through humbling yourself and, and turn your, repenting, turn your back on all of that and just receiving God at His Word. How he, want, how he has laid out the only way to come to Him. Forgiveness. Repentance. And so, do you believe in God this morning? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you take Him as your Savior? Not only will you believe in Him, Christian, will you be a disciple? Will you be a follower? Not a convenient follower, not a cross chain around my neck follower not a tattoo on my arm follower god is my judge you know jesus and a mother or you know whatever it is you know and uh, you know i i, I see all kinds of people they want to they want to have the look they want to be popular in that way or have, fit into a group but it's not about fitting into the group are you a follower of jesus christ is he your savior yes amen but is he also your lord today Some people take him as Savior, but not Lord. But you have to take him completely as he is. Just as I am, I receive Jesus completely as he is. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Are you saved? Are you saved? Are you forgiven of your sins? Is he your Savior? If you're not saved, I I ask you to come this morning. Let's get that settled. Let's get that business taken care of. It needs to be dealt with. You don't have another opportunity yet, maybe. Uh, You may not. Uh, You don't have one yet. Let's put it that way. This is your opportunity. This may be your last to receive Jesus Christ. Are you saved? Secondly, is he your Lord? Are you following him? By the grace of God, are you following Jesus Christ? I ask that if if you want to just ask God to give you help because he'll give you grace by the grace of it's only by his grace that we can do anything so you need to ask him for help so come and ask him let's pray let's i'll pray with you if you want we'll come together here and we'll pray together this morning if you're not saved come and talk to me right now as the piano plays in just a moment you come talk to me and and let's get this dealt with let's pray lord i do pray that you bless this time of invitation
God, I pray that you'd work in our hearts. Help us to, uh, to not just believe in you, but Lord, help us follow you. Help us be a true Christian, disciple. I pray that you'd bless in this, in this uh, time of prayer and decision in Jesus' name.